0: You are locked on LSU, your daily podcast on the
1: LSU Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Okay, let's get it locked on LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, CST, and right here for the Locked On LSU podcast, where we thank you for making us your first listen every single day. We will uh, hear from Brody Miller of The Athletic, talk some LSU Tigers, but we'll start with the disappointing news that Ed Ogeron shared on Wednesday about All-American cornerback Elias Ricks.
2: I uh, received news this week that Eli Ricks will be out, one, unavailable the rest of the season, so uh, that means we have to move maybe Cordell Flott to cornerback, Sage Ryan to nickel. We have a different combination that we're uh, going to work this week. Uh, but that's the news about un- uh, players unavailable. Uh, new stuff this week. Uh,
0: there was a follow up a bit later in the teleconference asking O'Geron what it uh, was that is keeping Ricks out for the season.
2: It was a nagging injury, jog um, here and there, and uh, he kept on playing with it, playing with it. just kept on reoccurring. So he and his family decided that uh, they will get operated on.
0: Um. Full disclosure, I had a long conversation today with Shauna Ricks, who is Elias Ricks' mother. You might remember uh, Shauna had been a a guest on the show a couple times during the recruitment process. We've stayed in touch. Uh, Wonderful lady, amazing family, I think very highly of of all of them. Um, And she was comfortable today speaking to me on the record because she wanted to make it abundantly clear that this is not an opt out. That uh, Elias Ricks is not opting out. That he is not even thinking about the NFL. And a lot of this stems from a lot of the conversation that surrounded her son and their family in the spring and the summer. There was a lot of there were a lot of rumors that started, if you remember, on other teams' message boards. That started circulating. And the thing I said then. Over and over and over and over again to all of you. Was. Why are you paying attention. To an Ohio State message board. About an LSU kid. The people that cover this team every single day. That have those relationships. If they're not saying it. There's probably nothing to it. And there wasn't. Um. This is all stuff that Shauna Ricks and I discussed today. She's comfortable with me disclosing. And also, tip of the cap, Brody Miller from The Athletic has a write-up. He spoke with Shauna Ricks today also. Elias Ricks and his family moved to Baton Rouge when he signed with the Tigers. Both of his parents work in Baton Rouge. They own their home in Baton Rouge. And Elias Ricks' brother attends school in Baton Rouge. They are not leaving. They are not transferring. They are not opting out. There has been no conversation about that whatsoever. The family was very quiet last spring when Elias had surgery because that news never got out about the surgery. And they wanted to make sure their circle was aware of it, their, fa- their family. She was very clear that the reason she was willing to speak to me today is because when Ed Ogeron made this announcement today, they had not yet had time to talk to their family. As a matter of fact, Elias and the, and the family is meeting with the surgeon today at 5.30. So that, that hasn't even happened. So surgery has not happened yet, but it's going to. What you may not know, and this will make a lot of sense when you go back and look at film from 2020, is that Elias Ricks tore his labrum in the 2020 season. He played through it. He played through the pain. Throughout, through the 2020 season, played very well uh, despite having the torn labrum. If you go back and look at pictures from 2020, you will see a brace or you'll see kinesio tape. Like, go look at the Florida game. You'll see kinesio tape and, and a brace on that arm. After the season, he had surgery, which is why he missed spring and was not available during the summer. He wasn't opting out. He wasn't leaving or transferring. He had shoulder surgery. He was rehabbing that before he rejoined the team, and that didn't happen until... Almost up to this, the start of this season. Well, he had a similar injury that progressively got worse and against Kentucky got to the point where he could no longer play. That's why he was removed from the Kentucky game. And you saw Darren Evans go in. It was the point where, as it was described to me, his mind is saying go and his body was saying no. So that's what happened there um the the family is very committed to lsu and shauna ricks wanted me to reiterate today another point which is that elias committed to lsu in 2017 after the troy loss she made it abundantly clear this was not about the record this isn't about wins and losses elias loves lsu he loves his teammates he's committed to this program doesn't want to go anywhere. It's not about that at all. He loves playing football. He's devastated that his season is over. But it literally got to the point where the pain was was such that his body couldn't do what his mind was telling him to do. And so if you're at that point, and now you're hurting the team by being out there, that's when it's time to have something done. So we had an MRI after the Kentucky game, and it confirmed that they do need to have surgery, and that's why he's having this procedure now. So meeting the doctor again today at 5.30, and then is going to move forward with surgery and um, hopefully get it stronger, take the necessary time he needs to get it 100% to come back and have a great junior year. So for LSU, in the meantime, what that means is what you heard at Ogeron say there. Of course, you've got Dwight McLaughlin at one outside corner, and you could very well move Cordell Flott there. Um, The massively disappointing part here is you started this season with Stingley and Ricks and thought, we got the best cover corner tandem in America if you're LSU. And now, Stingley's injury, Ricks's injury, they're gone. And you have to look forward with McLaughlin and whoever else is opposite him. Maybe, as you heard Ed Ogeron say, they might move Cordell Flott to the the outside corner. Against Kentucky, you saw Darren Evans play that role a little bit. If you remember, Darren Evans was the grad transfer who they signed from Nichols a year ago, and it just the game at this level is just a little too quick for him. So, if Flott is your best option, then potentially Sage Ryan plays that that nickel role, and remember, Sage had been working at at nickel safety, so that would make a, a lot of sense. But you're talking about guys that haven't really played those positions at this level moving flat outside and Ryan who hasn't played at all. So clearly it makes you much weaker in your secondary when you take both Stingley and now Ricks off the field because not only is, are you missing their presence, but now you're shuffling the deck as well and you're not as good in those places by moving more guys to fill that role. The maybe positive news is this week against Florida, that probably doesn't matter because they're not a great passing offense. They're a rushing offense. They're third in the country in rushing offense. A week from now, though, when you go to Ole Miss, this is devastating. When you're going to face that offense, that thin in the secondary, that spells, that spells trouble. Just uh, another lump that LSU uh, takes here in a season filled with them as they look to the second half of the schedule where wins, aside from ULM, are going to be decidedly hard to come by. We will continue this conversation with Brody Miller of The Athletic here in just a quick moment. Got to remind you about Sweat Block. Dr. Created, Dr. Recommended, it is sweat block. Can work up to seven days per use, and sweat block comes with a dry shirt guarantee. It's better than any of the antiperspirants you're using, so it's stronger, more effective. It's easy. Apply at night before you uh, you go to bed. Go to bed. Next morning, wake up, wash, go about your day, and you don't worry about sweat, Guaranteed. Don't want to pit out when you're tailgating or at the game this weekend with an 11 a.m. kickoff? Sweatblock can help. It sounds too good to be true, I know, but literally, use Sweatblock and find out for yourself. Use it once or twice a week, and you'll be dry the whole time. Sweatblock.com. Go to Sweatblock.com. Use the promo code Locked On and save 20% off your order. Again, go to Sweatblock.com. Use the promo code On to save 20% off your order at Sweatblock.com Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Glad you're with us here, Locked On LSU, where we thank you for making us your first listen every single day. Always appreciate when we catch up with Brody Miller. Does a great job covering LSU for The Athletic. And uh, Brody had a full write-up on the Eli Ricks injury his conversation with Shauna Ricks as well would highly recommend you go read that if you haven't but we talked more football coaching search etc with uh, Brody and I started by asking him his thoughts if if you thought LSU could manage against Florida uh, without Ricks and Stingley mainly because Florida is such a run heavy team
3: it's possible I I think the problem is Dan Mullen is just very sharp at figuring out where your weaknesses are how to make you play left-handed how to kind of take advantage of your issues and things like that and you would just assume, and, and hey, I mean, it sounds like the plan is if it works out to have Cordell flat outside and Sage Ryan and Nickel. We know Sage Ryan's talent. Maybe he can overachieve and it'll be okay not overachieve, but you know, ahead of schedule and be okay there. But I just assume Dan Mullen's gonna manufacture ways to attack that. But to answer your actual question, yeah, I think I think LSU's front seven in theory or front six, I guess, should be okay. You know, their D line still. Their linebackers, in my opinion, or at least the Clark's been playing well. There's a chance there they can at least keep that in tune. My my fear is more what Mullen might be able to figure out in the past game.
0: Yeah. We do we know what Sage Ryan's issue was, what was keeping him out for as long as he was out.
3: I, I think I know, but it's one of those things where I don't want to say it on the radio and get it get it wrong. I, I was always under the impression it was a hamstring, but I might have that incredibly wrong. But it was, you know, just something that was kind of lingering with him for yeah. a while.
0: I guess that's the case also with Elias Ricks, who he tore his labrum last year, had labrum surgery in the spring. It's why he missed spring and summer. And apparently he re-injured that or suffered a, an injury to the same shoulder this year, which is going to cause him to miss the season. I'll I'll kind of give you the open floor because I know you have a piece up right now at The Athletic uh, after speaking to Elias Ricks' mother, Shauna Ricks. Because the big concern here, Brody, is that there's a very obvious negative undertone around the entire program and there's this concern after last year about opt-outs and guys just choosing not to play anymore um what can you tell us
3: yeah of course I mean I think every single one of us when we saw that news I think you know there's just naturally a simple oh is this is this a I'm and I'm I don't think in in any world I was thinking Eli didn't have an injury but there's always that part of you that thinks all right this is this a all right, let's call it a season and do the surgery early kind of thing. And I think, I think it's a pretty natural question to have, but, you know, talking to Shauna Ricks, there's validity to the fact that this is a guy who has had, you know, torn labrums going back to the end of his junior season back when he was a Met or die. Uh, and then, you know, again, played the whole senior season IMG Academy with the torn labrum and then, and then he had the surgery after that season injured it again his freshman year and played that Florida game with the pick six with again, the injured um, labrum got surgery again, didn't get clear. Like point being, he's a guy who doesn't mind playing hurt. You know, there's a long history of that. And, and, you know, I think quite frankly, he played the last two games hurt according to Shauna and and people inside the program. So I don't think this is an Eli Rick's quitting thing or anything like that. I think it's a, you know, and according to his mother, even noticed him, you know, flat out missing some plays that he just couldn't use his arm to make some tackles and grab some guys. When you get to that point, yeah, I think you have to have these conversations and you have to make these decisions. And, and sure, I don't think anything in this world is ever 100% anything. Nothing's black and white, I'm sure. And she, I'm, this is me speculating and speaking for her, but I'm sure there's a little bit of, hey, the season's going a little downhill and shoot his draft-eligible seasons next year. You don't want to risk things. Of course, that factors in a tiny bit. Of, but but the answer to the thing, this isn't Eli Rick's planning to leave. This is not him trying to transfer. They're pretty adamant that they've They are not renting. They have bought a a house in Baton Rouge. They have a 14-year-old son, and they want to keep that family there. They're not leaving anytime soon, so they walk on all over the place. But Eli Ricks is not leaving, according to his mother, and this is not him faking an injury to end the season.
0: Uh, Derek Stingley and Elias Ricks, though, two All-American cornerbacks that really strength of this team defensively, you would certainly say, those lockdown corners, both now done for the season. Uh, Brody Miller's with us. He's on Twitter at Brody A. Miller, uh, The Athletic, Check out his stuff. Um, Do you wonder, Brody, about – I mean, it's sort of natural, right? I mean, after last year, that there could be opt-outs. I I, I personally think this is just going to be part of the culture of college football. And you wonder if this season keeps unraveling. Is that part of what may happen at LSU?
3: So, I I think, first off, yes. I think that's probably a thing you have to watch out for. The only reason that it gives me pause is – I hate – speaking with, of the big prospects that would be the obvious candidates for that are already gone. <laughs> like, hey, Sean Butte would be a candidate. Derek Stingley is already, you know, injured. And again, we don't know if he's going to return. You might call that knocked out if you want. But, you know, if so many guys down this roster and they're still waiting on the Ollie Gay situation to figure out if he's going to get surgery on his injury, things like that. But those guys that are like the top draft guys are already gone. So I don't know. The so other guys that could in theory opt out are people who still have a lot to prove and can't exactly just like waste major playing time. So that's my theory on it. I, I think there's always something to watch at this level of college football when things continue to go off the rails. So yes, I'm sure we will see some, but I just don't know how big it's going to be considering, you know, the, the situation.
0: Um, look, the, the coaching situation is obviously something that everyone's aware of. We talked about it a bunch here. Um uh, What's your feeling on what happens? What kind of timeline is LSU administrators, what what are they looking at here for the remainder? I mean, you're halfway through the season. Everyone knows it's a conversation that can't be avoided.
3: Yeah, of course, most things I'll say are things that you've covered far better than me with your your audience. But, yeah, I think Scott Woodward is not an impulsive guy in any world. He is not a guy who makes rash decisions just because he wants a guy gone. I think he's somebody who will not make a move until there is a clear cost benefit analysis of why it's better to do it at X point. So that's why I'm not surprised he's still the coach this week when everyone assumed that he'd be gone by Monday. And it's why I I don't have a great gauge. Also because Scott Willard's got keeps things very close to the vest and always has. So there is a part of me that thinks you might see a sixty percent or fifty percent crowd Saturday. And you know, to quote my colleague Andy Staples, sometimes it's it's not about when you can afford to do the buyout. It's when you can afford when you can't afford not to, and that's when there's fan apathy. So there's a theory that you know maybe it's next week if, if things like that happen. There's another very strong theory that they might be trying to wait till the bye week. You know, there's obvious concern about what who the interim coach is going to be. So a bye week would give a better opportunity to you know to get things in order and whatnot with an interim coach. And then I also, and again I'm copping out here, but I also wouldn't be shocked at all if he made it the whole season, just because. I think Scott Woodward will have things, based on how he's operated his whole career, will have things lined up. So if whenever this move hypothetically happens, he will have things ready.
0: Do you think there is a scenario that could play out where Ed Ogeron is retained?
3: I think it's a pretty, pretty small chance right now. I, I, I feel like I don't. I think there's a 95% chance that he is not the coach next year. I think that, is that a safe way to put it? I would be shocked.
0: I mean, it would almost have to be like you'd have to win out, right? I yeah, mean, I think like that's a you, great way to put it. You'd have to win out. Like it's the probability. If you win time. out,
3: you're winning out without your, you know, your all your right. best players. So hey, maybe at that point he earns it. Yeah. yeah,
0: I don't know, man. It's um, uh,
3: it's it, just a mixture of the on-field results, the off-the-field issues. It's every part of it, and just things not trending in the right direction. It's just hard to argue.
0: What um, fills your days right now as a guy covering a team that's not very good. Well, I think you
3: know as well as I. I think a lot of what I've been doing this week and the last few weeks is preparing for what's, you know, uh, getting all my ducks in a row for what's happening and trying to report on what Scott Woodward's going to do and things like that. I think that's a large portion of it because, yeah, I don't think anyone right now is really dying to read a uh, what's going on with the zone blocking scheme. And if you do, hey, let me know. But right. that's not really. <laughs> so I think a lot of, I think a lot of it is really trying to figure out what went wrong here and how you try to fix it and things like that.
0: We appreciate Brody Miller. And of course, as always, we appreciate our friends at Rock Auto and RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Don't get in the car and drive to the auto parts store. Don't talk to some guy who's hammering away on a keyboard, trying to search through mountains of parts, hoping they have what you need stocked at that store. Not worth it. Just from the comfort of your home or wherever you are, grab your phone. Go to rockauto.com, rockauto.com, and search every part, every year, make, model, body style, whatever part you need, from carburetors to carpet. They even have motor oil and windshield wipers, and you can save 30, 50, 100% for the same parts that you'd be buying at the chain store. Rockauto.com. Remember, when you get to checkout, be sure to write locked on. In there, how did you hear about us, box? So they know that we sent you to rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts car we'll ever need. Rockauto.com. And of course, betonline.ag. Thursday night football tonight, NFL and college. The NHL is in full swing, Major League Baseball playoffs. You want to bet? BetOnline.ag is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports teams. And remember, when you go to BetOnline.ag, free to sign up, make your first deposit of funds. When you do, use the code LOCKEDON. One word, LOCKEDON. Use the code LOCKEDON, and they'll give you a 50% welcome bonus. That's only at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. We do know, of course, that LSU and Florida are going to play this week in Baton Rouge. And um, the the overarching story, of course, has been every all the ancillary stuff surrounding LSU. And Ed Ogeron was asked about that on the teleconference today. And he was talking about just the negativity and trying to block it out surrounding the program.
2: Well, you know, first of all, I understand the expectation of LSU I was born with them. And I understand that we're not living up to that expectation. So, you know, we, we have expectations in here. Uh, all we can do is go to work uh, the next day, take it one day at a time, and give it the best shot we can. That's what we're doing. Uh, you know, we don't pay attention to what's going on out there. I know our players listen to it. I'm sure a lot of people around the program are listening to it. And uh, I understand that it's pretty bad. I get that. But uh, my job is to come to work with a positive attitude uh, every day and do, do, do the best job I can on a daily basis.
0: So they are going to tee it up and kick it off on Saturday. That much is obviously true. Um, he was asked about Max Johnson and the performance that Max had a year ago in his first career start in the swamp.
2: Gutsy, gritty, the same type of you know quarterback we had seen the whole time in uh, in practice. Uh, found a way to win. Uh, the team believes in him. Uh, thought it was a, a signature win for Max. Um,
0: Dan Mullen. On the flip side, has the the challenge of going against this LSU defense, which you know, talking to Brody a, a little bit ago was surprising because you maybe consider what Dan Mullen may attempt to do. When I look at LSU giving up 330 rush yards against Kentucky this past weekend, and then you see where Florida, as an offense, averages uh, 273 rush yards a game. That's fifth in the country. They're the, they're the third best rushing offense in America at 273 yards a game. Like you see that and it's hard not to think like, well, of course, Florida is going to run the ball because they'd have success there. And Mullen though, be, considering both Ricks and Stingley are out, might, you would presume, try to attack LSU's weakness, which theoretically in this spot would be your, your cornerbacks without your, your two starting corners. Uh, so what does he choose to do with Emory Jones? Here was uh, Dan Mullen on his uh, on his starting quarterback.
1: Doing pretty good, you know. Uh, I think he's coming along. You see his maturing his decision making, his conf- you know, his his confidence on the field. Uh I think he continues to grow and develop and you know, understanding through his you know, whether it's through his preparation coming into a game, his comfort being out there on the field making plays and managing the offense and getting us into the right calls and going through his progressions and his reads. I think he's uh, he's really taking positive steps.
0: Emory Jones is a junior, but he started just six games. This being his first season starting, he's actually started fewer games in his career than Max Johnson has. Unbelievably. Uh, the Nine touchdowns, but seven interceptions in six games. That's the bugaboo for Emory Jones, is that he has been turnover prone. He will throw it to the wrong team. Uh, The other thing, of course, is, is balance, like we talked about where they run the ball exceptionally well, they've struggled to throw it a ton, but this is an LSU secondary that's not going to have its two best corners. So here's Dan Mullen talking about Florida's offensive
1: balance. I think all, all, uh, most coaches want kind of that 50-50 balance. You know, there's some that, you know, run the system that, you know, they're just going to throw it at, you know, there's there's the, you know, the Mississippi States are going to just kind of make more throw at every play, and then you have, like, the armies that are, uh, navies are going to more just kind of run at every play. I think a lot of teams do, like, 50-50 balance. We're kind of that same way that you want to be there. But I, I think sometimes from year to year, you know, last year we definitely weren't. We were very heavy skewed to the pass. You know, this year I hear from our people that were heavy skewed to the run you know and and but uh, I I do think you strive to be 50 50 with offensive balance but you're also going to play to the strengths of your players and so you know what you're looking to is saying hey how do we play to the strengths of our players put them in position to make plays and you know where where are we better or stronger as an offense and you're going to highlight that a little bit more
0: okay that's going to do it for us here on a Thursday edition of the Locked On LSU podcast if you've not done so yet please subscribe However you listen to your podcast, however you're listening to us right now, and thank you for making us your first listen. And, of course, thank you for making Locked on SEC your second listen. Our buddy Chris Gordy does a great job covering all things around the conference. However you're listening, be sure to punch in Locked on SEC and give it a listen every single day. Until tomorrow when we preview LSU Florida and give you our game prediction, it's Locked on LSU, your team every day.